Today's podcast is brought to you by Management and Accounting Professionals, your Loveland-based accounting and tax firm. Do you still need to file your 2019 tax return? Are you a business owner and have questions regarding the SBA loans available to help your business during these uncertain times? We can help. Please call our office at 513-774-9600 or email us at pgross at map, M-A-P, accounting, A-C-C-O-U-N-T-I-N-G dot M-E. Hey, Pam, I have a question for you. What do you got, Ryan? So now that we're in the coronavirus crisis and also an economic crisis, how do you think the Loveland City Council is going to continue their spending spree? Well, Ryan, probably the same way as they always do. Give away to friends on the backs of Loveland taxpayers. And then when that doesn't work, then they'll just ask for a tax increase. Hello, all, and welcome to an all-new Voice of Loveland, the podcast for IamLoveland.com. I'm your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik, and with me here is somebody that definitely is not the spending spree kind of person because she knows what it's like getting all those tax increases. What, what, by your job alone, Pam, you have to know the taxes. And that's the greatest other host, Pam Gross. How are you today? I'm good, Ryan. And I want to wish you a happy birthday, Uh, even though it was yesterday. (laughs) That's right. I appreciate it. So, and that way the audience can also send you birthday wishes. Yes. So, welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening. All right. I'm going to make you a promise here, Pam. I'm not going to talk a lot about coronavirus and not going to talk a lot about Dora. We're going to talk about something else oh, thank or, goodness. or the school board. Those seem to be the three <laughs> topics. What we are going to talk about is semi-related to all of that stuff in one way or another. They're all, everything's always loosely related. We're going to talk a little bit about how the city council spends money and what you and I particularly believe they're doing wrong with a tool that is meant to do right. And that tool is, it's called the CRA. It's, it stands for Community Reinvestment Act, I believe is. Uh, area. Area, okay. A lot of people, especially in the kind of business I'm in, may know it as like tax abatements. And that yes. uh, when, a great example, I'll use a personal example. When my wife and I first bought our, where we lived in Walnut Hills in Cincinnati, we bought a, a rehabbed condo. So basically, the land, the Hamilton County felt like the land was worth $30,000. That's what we paid the taxes on because we had a 15-year abatement, which means we did not pay any taxes on the improvements. We just paid for the land. A theory behind it, obviously, and we'll get more into this as we go through the podcast, is it's going to bring a higher tax base to the city. It's going to bring more people to the city. But before people hear me completely explain this wrong, you are the financial expert, Pam. And you were also on the city council, so you had to deal with some of this stuff. What is the CRA? Well, the CRA, as you had just said, is the Community Reinvestment Area. And it is a economic development tool that the city uses to promote new businesses coming into the city. And the way that it works is that you get tax abatements, and this would be property tax abatements, real estate tax abatements. That would be from any new construction, new developments, remodeling. And it's based on three criteria, based on the cost of the construction itself, the number of employees that this new development would bring, and then the payroll that it would bring in. And what happens is there's a formula and it can be for five years, whatever it can be. As you look at a list of the CRA and active participants with a CRA, Some of them stretch all the way out to 2030, you know, so it depends. The formula is based on what you're bringing into the city. But the whole theory 
is that it brings in economic dollars to the city. Look, there's a lot of tools out there. As a matter of fact, I believe city manager Dave Kennedy says this every now and then. These are tools to help bring economic development into the city, which, in my personal opinion, that's his primary job. The primary job of any executive of any municipality is to increase the money. From a personal standpoint, Pam, I want my house to be worth more now than it was worth when I first bought it. And that is directly related to things that the city executive city leaders can do. Now, there are what we'll call carrots, carrots you put on the end of the stick to bring people in. I'm not going to go through the whole big process, but uh, some people out there may remember a few years ago when General Electric wanted to build a facility for like administrative people. It came down to, I know, three areas. One was Mason and the other one was downtown Cincinnati. Well, in the end, downtown Cincinnati gave a much better deal. You can debate whether or not that deal works or not, but the theory, again, is General Electric doesn't have to pay what it normally would pay in things like property taxes, improvements, anything like that, because they're bringing a large number of employees that are going to give money back in another way. I've said this before, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Pam, and I, I know I'm, I'm, very, I'm making this very basic, but it works for my mind. Property taxes, what we pay in property taxes, those usually go to entities like the school. What we pay in income taxes, those go to the city to pay for fire, police, roads, infrastructure, all that general stuff. So when you're doing these kind of tax abatement type things or these land tax abatements, it's kind of hurting the school. So do you have any idea like how the schools feel about that? Or maybe we can even get into what Loveland has done. I mean, let's be honest. Kathy Bailey's good friends with all the school people. They like to tell us that all the time. So they must be doing something for them. And they're having lots of secret conversations yeah. <laughs> that you can't pick up in public records requests. That is correct. <laughs> well, Ryan, I'm glad that you said that in regards to, because the CRA is all concentrated on real estate taxes. And as you said, most, and, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, the property taxes that someone pays in Loveland does not, primarily does not go to the city itself. It goes to, most of it goes to the schools, and then it goes to your various levies and things like that. And I think a lot of people think it goes all to the city. It doesn't. The city actually is very, very dependent on income taxes, not real estate taxes. But in regards to the CRA, because so much of the real estate taxes do go to the schools, the schools do get very concerned about these kind of programs because it is dollars that are not going into their pocket. So I'll use this as an example. So you have a new development that comes in. The way that the CRA works is that any improvement that you do for that development, you only pay property taxes on the market value of the development at the time you purchased it, that you started it. The example would be that you have something that you paid $500,000 for and you do $3 million of improvement to it. Your property taxes would be based on the 500000 not based on the new improved value of it, which would be $3.5 million. Now, the schools obviously lose out on that because they get a percentage, which is very, very high in property taxes. So the way that the CRA program works is that after three years where the businesses pay property taxes on $500,000, after three years, they then have to make a cash contribution. And by the way, that is the term in the ordinance yeah. and legislation. The business has to make a 15% cash contribution 
based on the improved value, which would be the 3.5 million and whatever that tax rate is or whatever that tax dollar is. I know that's kind of weedy, very wonkish, but that's kind of how it works. And it's a way of, for lack of a better word, more fair to the schools because they are missing out on that increased value in real estate taxes. There's a reason we're bringing all this up because the tool itself, a lot of people may look at this and go, this is just not a good example whatsoever, or this is not a good tool for to help a city because look at what it does to the schools. But I also want to caution everyone to go, wait a second, there is a lot of value to this. And we'll, we'll talk about a couple examples of Loveland CRA and then say why we're actually discussing this because it's something we need to look at what our council has done and what they're going to do in the future. I am a big proponent of these things. A lot of times I'll get clients that want to find a way to save money and things like that. They'll come to me and say, hey, I'm going to open a a coffee shop or a bar or something. And then I'll go, okay, if you're going to get this abatement, you got to prove that it's worth it. Whereas the other side, you get a big company that employs hundreds of people who make very good salaries. The idea is, okay, they're going to get this abatement, but these people still, they're going to put a lot more income tax into the city. So the city can do things that can help out the schools, be it infrastructure-wise and things like that. And mind you, Pam, not only are we paying more than our fair share for one student resource officer, but we're doing it for three. So, and we're doing it for a private. Yes, a private religious institution. A private religious school. With public dollars. That's another right. issue we'll get into one day. Yes. But, uh, so there are these kind of trade-offs. But also in the end, you do this and you get these companies and you hope that maybe some of them move into the district. And now they're buying homes, nicer homes, that are putting more property taxes into. I guess this is a long-winded say- way to say You do this and you use that opportunity to build more homes to bring more people into your community. That's why you do this type of thing. Now, this is the example I wanted to give you here is I'm going to call you out because you were on council at one time and you guys gave people CRAs too. Two in in particular I'm going to point out here is the development over where Starbucks is down on Kemper and Loveland Madeira Road, Starbucks, uh, the animal of uh, the veterinary clinic, haircut place, I think a cell phone store. There's that development. The other one is in the Commerce Park is the headquarters for McCluskey Chevrolet. Yes. What makes those worthy of a CRA in your mind? Both of those are great examples of why you have a CRA program. First off, the Starbucks development. If you had to look it up on the city, it would be called the Kemper Commerce development. That one was a $3.5 million development with an employee count of around 31. That's pretty good. We got five new business there, 31 employees, and and a a development of $3.5 million. But keep in mind that what that was, was nothing. Yeah. When I moved here, it was was an abandoned lot. for the city. Yeah, right. And it was generating nothing in property taxes. Because there was nothing, it was just an abandoned, I think it was a Volkswagen. Yeah, it was like a Volkswagen service place or something like that. Biggest one is McCluskey Chevrolet. McCluskey Chevrolet is a $7.4 million development. That was a pile of dirt that he built his corporate headquarters on. And it has over 100 employees. That's what a CRA is about. Yeah, that's the greatest example of a big business. You entice them to come in. It was very important to the city because not only did it increase the value of the Commerce Center, eventually after the CRA and he starts paying his property taxes on the whole value, which will be a benefit to uh, mostly the schools, 
But keep in mind the schools also are collecting money on his increased value. I don't know exactly when this, I think it went in in 18. Don't hold me to that, but I believe it was 18. So you're talking about in 2021, they're going to have to make a 15% cash contribution to the schools based on their new value of that property. That's going to be a pretty big number. So the schools win on that. And in addition to that, the city really wins on that because now we've brought in not only a business that makes money and pays income taxes on their business income, but they also, more importantly, have over 100 employees. And I can assure you, most of those employees are probably pretty well-paid employees Mm -hmm. because it is his corporate offices. They pay income tax to the city. That is the whole theory and why what the CRA is supposed, how it's supposed to work. Why when Dave Kennedy writes his little memos and talks about it's a great economic tool in our tool belt, he's right when you do it for people like that. Well, this is okay. I'm going to bring up an example here before I move into what the current council has been doing with it. I, I've talked before. I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast, but a lot of people know for a few years now I've been bouncing around this idea of creating this like family-friendly retro 1980s arcade somewhere on Love Madeira Road. Looked at a few spots. We've discussed this a lot. I've got a business plan. We, we're trying to figure out where to go with it. And I know I'm looking at this is going to be either a rehab or new new construction type thing. So it would be underneath these rules, it would sit there. It'd have probably roughly 10 employees or so. I mean, all these things I'm looking at and trying to make business sense of it. One of the things I'm looking at is ways I can save money. So the CRA would be a great way for me to save money, Pam. But let me be honest with you. (laughs) A couple of months ago when I looked at this, this concept, I'm like, look, I'm going to ask City Manager Kennedy for it, but he's going to tell me no. And the reason he's going to tell me no, and the reason I understand he's going to tell me no has nothing to do with personalities, has to do with when I say 10 employees, they're probably going to be high school kids that work a couple hours a week for close to minimum wage. This, to me, is something I want to do, kind of a dream thing. It's not, look, I'm going to be honest here, Pam. I got to be an honest guy. It's not going to make a billion dollars and transform the economy of Loveland, okay? It's a passion project of mine. It's a a little thing I'd like to have to bring something, because we don't have family-friendly amenities in Loveland, something that we, I think the town could use, but it's not going to change the economy of the town. It's just not. So there's really no use for me not pay property taxes with that. The city's not getting enough from me in order to negate those property taxes. Would you agree with that? Well, I would agree with that. However, though, Ryan, the criteria in the legislation for a CRA is that you have to tell them that you would have 10 employees. Ryan, the problem with the legislation is that it states that you have to have 10 employees. The problem with the legislation is it doesn't state the quality of those employees. It doesn't state that they should be 10 full-time employees or 10 employees who make X. You know what I mean? That's where the problem is, is because, and that's why you would be able to get a CRA because it's based on a number count, not on a quality count. No, but it's also at the discretion of the city manager. And that's what I'm saying is it is. But the problem is, is that he can't turn you down because we've done others that would meet the same criteria. Right, And that's the point I was about to make, Pam, is that okay. when I was looking at my example, it's, it's basically to help me out at the detriment of the city. 
And I get it. So any city manager, any city administrator. And the schools. Yes, exactly. Would look at that and say, hey, nice try, but come on, get realistic. This isn't McCluskey Chevrolet. This isn't the Starbucks development. Let's get realistic. And even to the point, I will say the current council, one of them that did get the CRA, is Oasis. Regardless of what we have said about Oasis, mainly about it being where it's placed, that's the type of business I get it. I get I understand it. But they've also given these CRAs to those rebuilt restaurants downtown on West Loveland. Pam, that is the same example I used for my arcade. By giving them this this incentive, by making them pay less taxes than the average Loveland person has to, is an absolute detriment to the city. It's money we're giving away. It's money we should have. It's money the schools should have. And honestly, according, man, they're going to hate us for this, Pam, but according to city manager Dave Kennedy, those businesses have almost no impact on our economy. So why did they get this special treatment? And by the way, Pam, if I do, and when I build this arcade, you better damn well believe, if not myself, at least a lawyer is going to be talking to the city of Loveland about getting my CRA because I deserve it as much as those businesses do. But those bars, restaurants, explain to me, if you can, why the hell would they get this? Yeah, I don't really understand that. When you look at these, one of them listed their development costs and rehabbing their building, but their employee count was 10. But when you look at it, it's a bar and a restaurant. Yeah, You and I both know that 10 employees, first off, the 10 is the magical number. <laughs> yeah. And you also know that of those 10, it's a bar and restaurant. Most of those people don't work full time. They're not high wage earners. You may have eight people who may work, you know, one day a week or two days a week, but collectively, yeah, they're 10 people. And then you have the other two restaurants and bars that also have the CRA there. They've got a 25 count and a 28 count. Well, again, they're probably all part-time, mostly part-time, not all. I'm not going to say all because the managers are going to be full-time and they are typically a little bit higher wage earners. But we're not talking about people who are like out in the commerce park. No. So the point is, is Dave Kennedy is going to talk about a CRA being an effective economic tool and an effective economic driver, meaning Mm. money, money into our coffers. Money that pays for our public works, money that pays for our roads, money that pays for those kind of things. Give it to companies that are going to generate money into our coffers. And this brings me to a whole different point to this is because we hear over and over again from Mayor Kathy Bailey and the rest of the men on council there that all of these downtown restaurants are so important to our city. But the reality is, is that they contribute almost nothing to our city. They have a CRA, so they pay no property taxes. Mm -hmm. They have low wage earners. The money that's going into the coffers from the 1% earnings tax is, as Dave Kennedy has said, insignificant to the city coffers. And because they have done such extensive remodeling and, and renovations to their properties, They don't pay any income tax and they don't pay any income tax because of the way that the IRS is structured, you know, your leasehold improvements and all those kind of things from a tax perspective. And I want to make this very clear. I'm not picking on these businesses, Mm -hmm. not at all. I want to see every one of them succeed. I want them to do well. I want them to be busy and packed and make lots and lots of money. 
But I want them to understand that you're not going to do it on the backs of Loveland taxpayers. And that is what's happening. That's why when Mayor Bailey and our merry band of men talk about come downtown and visit, visit the businesses, they need to be busy. They do lots and lots of business. Yeah, that's great for them. But what do they contribute to the city? And why is the city continuously paying for stuff on behalf of them? Well, Pam, that, that's an easy one. That's my beef. Yeah, that's their friends, though. These are the ones yes. that campaign from. These are the ones that come to city council, these restaurant bar owners that are like, oh, man, we totally need a garage and you guys got to pay for it. First off, these businesses pay nothing to our schools and almost nothing to our police and fire and roads. Yet we have to give them more. This is the whole point of this whole thing. And this is just one piece, Pam. Originally, we were going to just talk about the budget. And then I felt like people weren't in for an eight-hour podcast while we (laughs) (laughs) went through that. Sure, I'm up. (laughs) (laughs) But this this is the point. Is This is how this council works. We've laid all this out about cronyism, all this stuff. We're getting beyond the tip of the iceberg now and seeing the huge, how big the thing is underneath it. These businesses, that is the only thing they focus on, the only thing they talk about, the only thing they seem to care about is what's going on in the downtown businesses. Not only are they not giving us money that is significant for our police and roads and fire and all that stuff, but they're not giving money to our schools. And these people are all connected. They're all connected with the Chamber Alliance. They're all connected with this. And they keep telling you, they keep telling the, not just you, Pam, the Loveland taxpayer that you have to keep giving. You have to give this ridiculous amount to, because there was in front of the Chamber Alliance, a huge support our schools banner. They're telling you, the taxpayer, pay for everything that we don't pay for. That's irresponsible before coronavirus. It's nearly criminal. It's theft now from the taxpayer to be doing that now. Again, I'm going to be very, very clear. I'm a business owner. Yes. I have no one from the city has ever given me anything or offered anything. So here's the thing. When we talk about the downtown businesses and we talk about, and once again, we're back to, please go down there, visit them, spend all your money there if you want. I think that's great. That's their business. But I'm going to give you some examples here, particularly when we're talking about the fact that we are now in the midst of an economic downturn. Okay, these businesses have to do what's best for their business and they have to have good business practices and they need to try to do whatever they can to maximize whatever profit they want to make. I've got no problem with any of that. My problem is, is when there is a business who decides to come into Loveland and they want to make their building look a particular way. That's their decision to do. And I have no problem with that. If that's their brand, if that's what they're going after, if that's their look, terrific. But why did the city pay for part of that? If you want to have a business and you wanted to transform, a, a have a particular look on your building and it required, you wanted to have a balcony and it required pillars and it required new utility lines and everything, great, pay for it. That's why not, did Loveland taxpayers pay for it? I was going to say, yeah, that's not what happened. It's, I, I'm, I know, I'm, but why did we pay for it? Yeah. In addition to that, if you want downtown to look great and you want your entrances to look good and you want to have bike racks there and you want to have pretty trees and pretty flowers and new concrete and all of that, by the way, to the tune of over $60,000, the taxpayers paid for that. The businesses paid nothing. 
I think the point we're trying to make, and you're right, I'm glad and you... And special s- events. Yeah, well... <laughs> that's, and special events. Yeah. You, you know, it's supposed to bring all this business down here. The taxpayers paid over $50,000 last year for special events, all so that we could bring more business into their businesses. But what did we get out of it? See, here's my question, is when do taxpayers get their return? This is the bow on the whole thing. Look, I'm glad you said that, yeah, businesses should do whatever they want. Hey, you guys out there can say, well, Ryan, you're going to ask for the CRA now if you build your arcade. You're damn right I'm going to. And you guys can call me a hypocrite. You can say whatever you want. I'm trying to save my money. That's what those businesses are doing. So I'm going to be honest with you. Yes, I will ask Why for it. Why not use somebody else's money? Right. And I will fully expect to get it. <laughs> or like I said, you know, my I'll, I'll discuss it with attorneys. But considering that the city of Loveland will happily give it to their friends, which is that's what they are. They're their friends. This goes to a bigger topic, though, altogether <laughs> in that this is how the city council has acted. They're not finding ways to bring money into the city. They're finding ways to give city money away, mainly to their friends, not to the taxpayer, not to us. They're finding ways to give these abatements that are used to bring in large-scale developments that have a lot of employees, and they're using it to give it to a few bars and restaurants. That's not competent leadership. And Pam, I'm going to give some hopeful advice to our city council. This is unprecedented. Very few people, and I mean very few people alive, even know what we're going through right now. And the way things were before are not going to be the way that things are afterwards. And we are all going to have to make priority changes. We are all going to have to think about how we live our lives. And if you are an elected official, you are going to have to have a vision of what all of this looks like when we, quote, get back to normal. You're going to have to figure that out. And those members of the city council were all seven individually elected to represent the people of Loveland. If they feel like they're doing a good job, great. But if they continue to spend every meeting just either patting themselves on the back, trying to minimize their mistakes, and just talking about the damn downtown business district, then they have failed as leaders. And the fact is, four of them will be up for election in 2021, and we can make a judgment and change over that council. But honestly, if this is a path they're going to continue down, Pam, the other three of them should be recalled, and we should have all seven new council members because this is it is frustrating that at this time, they don't seem to care about anybody in Loveland except for a couple of businesses that, as we've shown, are really contributing nothing or very little to the city's economics. Ryan, the other thing that people need to start really paying attention to, we need leaders who understand how finances work how the city finances work. But there's another part to that is not only do they have to understand how the finances work, but they also have to be curious. They have to start asking questions that are related to the city and the community as a whole. That is going to require a lot of curiosity on their Mm -hmm. part because you can't just say, after they've made such bad decisions. I mean, think about it, Ryan. We've got in excess of a million dollars wrapped up in a pile of dirt now for yeah. this ridiculous idea of a parking garage. That's not happening. For, we hope not. No. For it's... a bunch of businesses, quite frankly, who don't even contribute, as Kennedy said, any significant money to our coffers. Or the schools. So, or the schools, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, is before city leaders come to you and say, Mr. and Mrs. Taxpayer, we're going to raise your income taxes. They need to start looking at all kinds of things that make up 
the dollars that are coming into the city. And like I said, that is going to require them understanding city finances. It's going to require the curiosity because there's a lot to our city in terms of how money comes into our coffers. It starts with income tax. It starts with knowing who's filing income tax and whether or not they're paying it. Then goes into businesses. Who's doing business in our city? Are they filing a tax return? Because we already know the farmer's market doesn't because yeah. they're exempt. But then there's also other things. If you're going to make changes to the CRA, make substantive changes. Make changes that are important. And one of them needs to be the analysis for the employees. Not just a number of 10. You need to start looking at stuff like that. There's also other things. Things called administrative cost formula, the recovery cost formula. Those are when other entities and other funds are using monies that are from the general fund. Very wonkish there, but that is something else that needs to be looked at and reviewed. Instead of just automatically saying, oh, Mr. Taxpayer, Mrs. Taxpayer, we're just going to raise your income taxes. I want you to turn over every stone. I want you to be curious. And if you're not, somebody else will. Yeah, because here's the bottom line, Ryan. As you said, we are in an economic crisis. We are in an environment we have never been in it before, mm-hmm. ever. So what all the leaders need to understand is that this is, look at this as an opportunity to transform your community and not just return it to the old kind of fragile system that it was. With all that, the voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com is a production of Ion Community. This episode was engineered, mixed, and all the other good stuff by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik. And the music is by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. Pam, I'm going to say this every time, and I may be making a lot of people mad, but I'm going to say it. Guys, just because we're reopening doesn't mean coronavirus is gone. So live your lives, but stay safe and be conscious of those around you. Absolutely. Everyone, thanks so much for listening. Be informed, be involved, be influential. 